0: Oliver Wong
1: and I'm Morgan Rhodes. You're listening to Heat Rocks. Every episode, we invite a guest to join us to talk about a Heat Rock. You know, fire, combustibles, an album that bumps eternally. And today, we are revisiting the work of one Kanye West. Our fourth visit to his yayness, to discuss his sophomore album from 2005, Late Registration.
2: Uh-huh. Me, now I ain't saying she a gold digger, yeah, but she ain't messing with no broke. Bro. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger she ain't messing with no broke, broke Get down, girl, go ahead, get down Get down, girl, go ahead, get down
1: In the late fall of 2005, when I had a 9 to 5, I shared a giant office with two colleagues. The space was tricked out because, of course, we were the cool kids in the department. And one of the most popular features was our three-CD changer, mounted on the wall for vibe and aesthetics, but really purchased for diplomatic reasons. So each of us could bump what we liked to power through the day. Predictably, though, because of disparate music tastes, more often than not, our jams didn't really coalesce in the way we had hoped. So the debate became, what one album would we feature that would get us through without killing us in the process? Almost by accident, Kanye West stepped up to bat. The album was late registration. Rockefeller Records, August 29th, 21 Tracks. We ended up spinning that one every day, no skips. We played the whole thing, skits included. And I'm not sure today what about this album bonded three youths with different sonic palettes. But here's what I did love about it: strings, the cinema of it, John Bryon's scored orchestration, the samples, grown folk samples, Shirley Bassey, Etta James, Gil Scott Heron, Bill Withers, Otis Redding. Ray Charles, Hank Crawford, the Features, Patti LaBelle, come on, Brandy, Adam Levine, <laughs> Jamie Foxx, the Chicagoans, Common and Lupe, the complex introspection, diamonds and the conflict around them, addiction and the war on drugs, poverty and him ballin', ego and self-awareness, messages mixed, albeit. For those sleeping on how woke he was. So woke that a week and a half after this release, he'd spit one of the illest bars ever. Seven words. George Bush doesn't care about black people. (laughs) By the fall of 2005, his bars were certified. He'd made it, survived through the wire. We could spend hours talking about what near-death experiences do to music. But a wordsmith became clever when he rocked the mic. He made his way to our playlist and into my office. In 2005, he conquered us before he divided us. Because this was crack music. This was real black music. And before things went south, me and all the young men I knew were going west.
2: She went to the doctor get Lyco with your money. She walk around looking like Michael with your money. Should have got that insured Geico for your money. money. If you ain't no punk, holler, we want freedom. We want Prino, yeah. Yeah. It's something that you need to have. And
0: when she leave, Late registration was the pick of our guest today, producer and artist Cam Obi, A native of Las Vegas, Cam's climb to fame came after making a move from Sin City to the Windy City, where he ended up working with Chance the Rapper on his breakout release, Acid Rap. And that has snowballed into a prolific production career where Cam's worked with everyone from J. Cole to SZA, Moses Sumney to no name and many many more. Much like the subject of today's episode, producer turned rapper Kanye West, Kim is hoping to make the same transition, having released his own song since 2018 and his long-awaited debut album should come out later in 2020. Pam Obie, welcome to Heat Rocks. Thank you. Let's start with this. Because Kanye has such a large and very
3: diversified catalog, why this particular album? I guess for two reasons. The immersiveness of it, if that's a word. The That is a word, yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Right, the storytelling of it, the cinema of it. Mm. Um, The second reason is what solidifies it. The time in my life that... I was in when this came out. Yeah. Um, so it came out 2005, so I was a junior in high school. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, so... Dang.
0: I, <laughs> I think me and Morgan were maybe just a little yeah. bit older. Yeah, We right. won't say how much
1: older, yeah. but just a little bit. Somewhat. Somewhat.
3: Somewhat. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yes, 2005. So I was like the biggest Kanye fan. I was a bigger fan than all my peers. Mm. Mm. And the reason was because... Um, I had found out about him before he started rapping. And so I started making beats when I was 11. And I remember I would like sift through my Big Sister's CD collection, which was huge and like eclectic. But she had a lot of Rockefeller stuff in there. And um, I remember uh, someone telling me, I think it was one of her friends, he was telling me, if you look at the credits where it says produced by, that's who made the beat. Yeah. So I started doing that and i saw his name a lot on a lot of my favorite stuff. Yeah. Mm. You know like um this can't be life. Mm-hmm. Uh it was like one of the big ones. It
2: gets worse baby mama water burst baby came out still born still i gotta move on though my heart still torn. Life gone from a womb. Don't worry if it was meant to be it will be. Soon. <laughs> this can't be life. life, life. This can't be love. Love, love. This can't be right.
3: And i remember October 2002 um, I still have it. It's a uh, uh, issue double XL with Tupac on the cover, mm. Mm. and um, there was a feature in there about uh, producers. Kanye. Yes, producers. Yeah, producers. Yeah, yes. I remember that. Oh yeah, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I sure do.
2: Oh,
1: mm-hmm. yes.
3: So they they covered. Uh, they featured Just Blaze and Kanye. Yeah, and I read this interview, and in the interview, I learned so much about both of them and just about producing in general. Right. But um, at the end, they were asking Kanye, like, what's next for him? And he was like, you know, what a lot of people don't know is that I rap too, you know? Yeah. And he's like, my next thing is going to be that. And I remember as a kid being so excited. And I was like, so, and I was like um, really into music. So me and my friends, we were all like, you know, music heads, you know? So I remember going to school and telling my friends, like, I think I was in seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade that year. And um, I was like, yo, this dude... His name's Kanye West. I only knew how to pronounce it because in the interview they put the pronunciation <laughs> in there. <laughs> it's not Kane. It's not, <laughs> not Kane. Yeah. It's Kanye. Um, and I was like, yo, he's gonna be, he's coming out with an album. And like, at first they were like, okay, you know. But then I kept talking about him. I'm like, man, I'm telling you, Kanye West. And they got mad at me. Like, they were like, dude, shut up about this dude, Kanye West. And I'll never forget, 2004, It was two years after that, uh, I was in eighth grade. He dropped, College dropout and then everyone knew him. Yeah. So I always had this special connection I felt to him because I was like, I knew. Exactly. You were him. Early. Exactly. You're early on him. <laughs> yes, I was early, yes. So
1: <laughs> since you loved the beats, you loved his production, were you also a Jay Z fan?
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I did love Jay Z. Okay. So that was sort of straight. your
1: gateway, the yes. backwards gateway into Kanye. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It was Jay Z. So then if you were that young, uh-huh. then you didn't did you buy this C D? No, was, I didn't. Okay. I didn't
3: have any money of my own. So Wait, late registration? Yes. No, no. I didn't. I didn't because I was a DJ. I remember. So okay. I started DJing when I was thirteen, mm. and uh, I was interning at this radio station in Vegas called Parody Eight. And um, I was interned there at thirteen, and I met wow. this guy. <laughs> yeah, this dude. Uh, he was a, a DJ, but he was from the old school. He, like his name was DJ KB. He had. Uh, he was really well known in the, in the DJ community around Vegas. And I was making beats at the time, and so they introduced me to him, and they are like, hey, this kid, he makes beats, you know, and he wants to know learn how to DJ. Mm-hmm. And so he asked me, hey, you want to learn how to DJ? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. And then he took me under his wing, and he kind of taught me everything about DJing. And I remember when that album came out, he had like a an advanced, I guess, promotional copy. I yeah, know, so. yeah so he gave it to me I didn't even have to pay for it (laughs) now was this a promo
0: on cassette or promo on CD it was on CD on CD yeah (laughs) Yeah. they they switched the the industry had switched over for sure for
1: For sure and that was the least he he could have given you for the child labor laws that were being broken For you being but in there at thirteen, but that's our, no shade. That's that's that's, that's good not, information. I feel like, Yo. dude,
0: our, our dude Cam
3: here was early on stuff. I feel like freeway right now. Just I mean, early, <laughs>
0: early, early. He was
3: early. Yeah, you know they actually paid me for that internship too. Oh. See, yeah. that's what's up. They paid me. That's what's yeah. I had to open had a had bank account for that. I I never had one. I never needed one before that, but I, yeah. I had to open one. And I remember I didn't have a job or anything because I was only thirteen. So eventually, when I ran out of money, that account like uh, got closed. Because of the uh, negative account rate. Over-drawn. Negative
1: <laughs> Super overdrawn. <Yes. laughs> Service
3: fees. <but> yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'm dying to know this because I think, you know, to your point, Cam, you're talking about how you were trying to convince all of your friends that Kanye was going to be this next big thing. But really, yes. I think until that first album dropped, and even though Through the Wire certainly made a buzz in two words because that was on the Chappelle show back then, that made a buzz. I think there was a lot of skepticism about whether or not Kanye can make it as an MC because we just hadn't heard Mm -hmm. a ton from him. Mm -hmm. To me, college dropout was proof of concept. Like, he says he can rhyme. He's got bars. He proved it. But that only, to me, raised the expectations that people had on late registration. Because, okay, you you did it once. Can you come back and do it a second time? So as a fan, as an early fan of Kanye, what expectations did you have of late registration? And how did the album either fall short or exceed them or meet them?
3: Yeah, I had high expectations. Yeah. Because I was sold with College Dropout. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of College Dropout songs that I didn't really like that much. Like, College Dropout as an album, I wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a perfect 10 for me. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is great, but it could be better. Okay. Even though, like, I loved it. Yeah. Like, I really loved it. Right. But, um, but you thought there
0: was a next plateau for him to reach.
3: Yes, I did. Okay. I did. And, like, the thing about Kanye that I did love, though, was, you know, he kind of gave me uh, a reason to be confident in myself um, other than, you know, the reasons that were already there. But he kind of reminded mm-hmm. me, like, as a black kid, you know, a black boy, um, growing up the way that I, that I was and being who I was, I wasn't like, you know, I was a, very much aware of what I was supposed to be. Like, for example, I started golfing when I was six mm. years old, and uh, I thought I was going to be pro you know i have a sister my sister uh is a pro actually lpga
0: wow okay yeah
3: (laughs) but but um needless to say like as a black kid playing golf i was tormented you know i was tormented so much that i quit you know like Mm. um but that's just an example of like you know i'm not fitting into what i'm supposed to be as a black kid you know right and i felt like kanye kind of represented that a bit you know so i was just so i didn't it didn't really matter to me what a labor of sounded like, but I was just like so emotionally attached to mm-hmm. yeah. him. I was like, please give me another one, please give me something else. And it super exceeded my expectations. Like, wow.
2: Yeah, you know what this is. It's a celebration, bitches. Grab a drink, grab a glass. After that I grab your ass, See, you know my style. I'm very well, and I vowed that my child will be well and down. like his daddy, and tell him that.
0: I, I was thinking, Cam in terms of what Kanye represented for you as a kid who kind of grew up, grew up and could identify with the ways in which someone like Kanye doesn't fit a particular con- conventional stereotypical mold for for a young black exactly, man, right? Yes. And I always thought of Kanye as being very much a offshoot, I guess you could say. Uh, of, of a group like De La Soul, because they, you know, mm. at the time mm. that De La came out, this is the era of Big Daddy Kane and Rock Kim, these kind of larger than life figures. Mm. And then there's like these three, four awkward kids from Long Island. And I think that they really changed people's perception on who hip hop could be made for and who it was made uh, by in that respect. And I feel like Kanye in that same lineage kind of performed the same thing just a generation or so later.
3: Mm, yes. He definitely did that. He definitely did that. And like there were other players in that, like uh Pharrell was like another big one right. for me. Yeah. You know, like Lupe, Lupe Fashion. For sure. Yeah.
1: For sure.
2: Uh, uh, my man got a low older came a better roller. No hell meant hell bent on killing himself is what his mama said, but he was feeling himself. Got a little more swag in his style. Met his girlfriend, she was clapping in the crowd. Love is what what was happening.
3: Lupe, you know, I remember when Lupe when I first man, I was me and my friends, we were like the biggest Lupe f- fans. I was like, Oh, so you could wear glasses and be a rapper <laughs> <laughs> You know, I found out about Big L. I found out that he wore glasses. But he was like super, you know, hard with right. his lyrics. Yeah. And that also taught me like, oh, like, you can wear glasses and be hard too, you know, like <laughs> I was just a little kid, like super right. <laughs> impressionable. But yeah, like I like yeah. that they made they
0: made the game safe for kids with glasses.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> right. Shout out shout out to the glasses MC, the glasses wearing MCs. Yes. I yes. do think that I do think that one thing about Kanye's entrance onto the scene was mm-hmm. A lot of us bought him as a backpack rapper.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah. They were, and yeah.
1: so he did appeal to sort of the geek chicness of that side that he, he yeah. came across as grassroots. By the time we got to late registration, I thought, oh, I think he's got his backpack still on, but it's Hermes now, right? Mm-hmm. He's dealing with he a little bit of the. You know, he's wearing diamonds now and he's this is a little bit of conspicuous consumption. He's still got his roots because he's still conscious and he's still talking about very black centric things and we Mm -hmm. can get into the tracks. Late registration is a shout out to I am a backpack rapper, but Uh I've stepped into fame now. Okay, So Absolutely. I have both sides. I didn't think he was necessarily struggling. I right. thought it was just a nod to like, listen, yo, there's two sides of me, right?
2: Is, I thought my Jesus peace was so harmless. Till I seen a picture of a shorty armless. And here's the conflict. It's in a black person's soul to rock that gold. Spend your whole life trying to get that ice. On a polar rugby, you look so nice. Hacking something so wrong make me feel so right, right? before I beat myself up like Ike. You can still throw your rocker for the diamond a night because
1: But the other thing that I wanted to say, too, is Mm -hmm. Kanye already started out complex. Because if you think of the titles, if you think of college dropout and late registration and what college meant to to black folks, Mm -hmm. it was the way in and the way out. Right. I mean, his mother's an educator. He knows what the expectation was supposed to be and what the expectation is for black men to Mm -hmm. get out of their situation. Right. Yes. But he's chosen the opposite. Mm -hmm. There was just so much weight placed on being black and going to college that was the answer Absolutely. this was before even 2005 was before you could be an insta star so mm-hmm. kanye comes in with all of this like and i think it's very tongue in cheek yeah that, that you got college dropout and late registration right. and in between this album you have all the skits yes that and you got broke five broke yep.
3: yes which, which is so, also very t- which i used to love it too which is
2: just so colleged out i brought you brothers here today to start our own fraternity broke five broke we ain't got it, broke, fat, broke. We ain't got it. No, we have no money. We are sharing jeans. If I go outside, I got the only clothing on. How many cars do we own? None. None. How many cars do we own? None, sir. Did you review
1: this album?
0: I did. Okay. Oh, you reviewed it? I did. Yeah, for NPR back in back when it came out 15 years ago, and I gave it a very really. A laudatory review. I, okay. I, I revisited it, um, you know, in, in prep for for today because uh. I had forgotten. Well, I forgot. Number one, did I actually review it, and then I actually found it in my archives. Like, okay, I did. I did review it. What did I say about it? Uh-huh. And um, and I actually really stand by what I wrote back then. And that's not always the case. There's there's some reviews I probably would want to redo. But Absolutely. this one, I mean, the, the main takeaway was that I think with all the expectations that were put on this album as a sophomore album, I thought Kanye really exceeded them. On a musical level, this was, to me, it took the same kind of ideas that Kanye was playing with with College Dropout and on his production from from years prior with Rockefeller and whoever else. But then you throw John Bryan in the mix as a musical partner and you just flesh out all of the richness and the musical complexity. And I think you can hear that really from Jump with a song like Heard uh, Him Say, which is, a, mm, I think, a, just yeah. a wonderful way to kick off the album because already you can tell – there's just layers beyond of what you expected from Kanye. It doesn't sound different than his stuff, but it's just—it's added. It's plus
2: one. Yeah. And I heard him say, "Nothing's ever promised tomorrow today." From shot, like Tim, it's a hard way. So this is in the name of love, like Robert say. Before you ask me to go get a job today, can I at least get a raise on the minimum wage? And I know the
0: government. But Kim, as a uh-huh. producer yourself, when you listen to this album, mm-hmm. especially. Either back then or, or maybe more recently, like what are you hearing in this album?
3: What I love about that song, it's gonna sound funny, like that, is that bass line. I'm you don't hear it a lot in hip hop uh, in general, that that synth. A little buzzy, yeah. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, yeah, like a song, it has this new dimension. Like when I, that song, when I hear it, and so I think the video, the video that he did with uh, the animator Bill Plimpton. Mm. Um, is so perfect for it it's like because it's it sounds like a score for an animation to Mm. me you know like um even this whole this whole album to me could either have been like a mixed media or animation um animated movie for sure you know like i was actually very influenced by john bryan and i just realized that now when you're talking about him i was like Oh, dang, like, John Bryan is actually a huge influence on on, on me musically. This album <clears throat> was like a statement, I think, for hip-hop in general and, like, its expressive kind of capabilities. Right. Uh, it's, like, no different than Dark Side of the Moon, mm. you know? Mm. It's the same thing, but they Pink Floyd is using rock as their tool for this kind of expression, mm. and Kanye is using hip-hop as his tool. And it's hard seeing films that use hip-hop in that same way you know i remember um when i was in school the first time i had a friend who was a i was an audio production major i had a friend who was a film major and i I was telling him i was like man i was like how come they don't use hip-hop more in like movies and he was like telling me he's like you know hip-hop's only good for you know action sequences and violence and and i was so offended when he told me that yeah and i was like no hip-hop is like it's so expressive you could express every single emotion imaginable with it you know and i remember since that day i was just like man i gotta show that you know as a producer myself that hip-hop is more than just an anger yeah Yeah, it's like an action scene yeah aggression you know but it
1: it hasn't been it hasn't been used a lot that way Mm -hmm. um i've one of my good friends is a music supervisor. He does a he does a party. am around Christmas time called the Treehouse Party. Okay, and he has us pick um, a, a film, and then he d- he re music supervises it on the spot. Oh, and one year he that's- chose a uh, we chose Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, okay, and he did oh, that's- he did all hip hop, and oh, it was so cool <laughs> watching the kids. I mean, he used De La Soul. He did Dilla. He had Jay Z. I mean, he had some Mason there. And it was just like. I never thought that this would work until I saw the kids yes. yeah. and Snoopy and Woodstock just like juking to Jay Z. I was like, This works, <laughs> right? So That's um ooh. to your point, it's not just action. I hate when a movie opens and they and they zoom in on a on a hood scene and yes. you hear hip hop beats. Yeah. Exactly. So like, now that I've so seen note, yeah. like Snoopy and Woodstock and Lucy get down to, to Dilla, then I'm like, see you need to Use this in more more cartoons. Mm-hmm. You know,
3: absolutely, absolutely. And I was just gonna say, like, uh, telephone, an album I, I worked on, with no name, name, no name, yeah, great yeah. album. Yeah. yeah, thank you, sure. yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank classic, you. yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. Like, so I would make a mood board for every song I, I made mm. for that album. I, I just I have fun doing it. It's yeah. so fun, but it was all animated stuff. Like uh, yesterday, the intro, Charlie Brown. It was literally. Just Charlie Brown was my mood board for yesterday. When the dark is out to stay, I picture your
2: smile. I can push you to stay. When the sun is going down, yellow. when the dark is out to stay. I
3: and then Shadow Man was uh, Cinderella.
2: Bless the night, yeah. darkness keeps.
3: That's why, that's why we use the word nightingale in the song because right. of that scene. Oh
1: sing sweet nightingale, sing sweet nightingale,
0: okay. Since you've opened this up, <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Diddy Bop. what was your, what was the mood board for Diddy Bop?
3: So that one was started by Felix, and I came in and like uh, helped finish it. Yeah. Um. So it was eighties. Uh, sci-fi Like Tron Okay So the um, <clears throat> So the hook With stars in my pocket Dreaming about making my hood glow That's uh, Inspired by The book by Samuel Delaney The sci-fi novel Wow um, Stars in my pocket uh, Like grains of sand
1: Watching my happy block My whole
2: neighborhood Hit the deep deep my growing out my clothes With stars in my pocket Dreaming about making my hood glow This sound like every place I would go If I could fly
0: I did not think we would, we would get into this, but I absolutely love it.
1: This he is rocks great. Goes deep. We go yeah. deep up in here. Right, we do, yeah. This is very we cool. go deep. It is so cool. Well, but... thank
0: you for sharing that detail. That's great. This is ne- next time I listen to that No Name album, I'm just going to be thinking, like, what are Cam's <laughs> mood
3: boards for these different songs? <laughs> oh, man. Yo, it, it's, it's so much fun doing that. But, yeah, to bring it back to Kanye is the fact that, yeah, I think that music works for animation and it became my thing. One thing I didn't mention... Um, it was before i got into music i actually wanted to be an animator like Mm, that uh, was like my thing like so i started off as a as a kid drawing that was my thing drawing and i was like for sure i was like that's what i'm gonna do with my life and then uh my brother brought home a pirated copy of fruity loops and i I was like oh so i'm gonna learn to do music so i can score my animated film man or whatever because i was like this big ambitious kid and then I, as I started learning music, I forgot about animation like altogether and just got deep in there. Um, but that was my, my dream, was to score an animated musical with music that I kind of grew up on um, and, and do it in a way that's not cheesy, not tropey. Uh, and that's kind of like what my first album in my head is going to be. It's like a score to this animated mm. thing that doesn't exist. Mm. But it's very much modeled after, like, not like exactly, but very much inspired by labor registration.
0: I want to come back to that point after we take a quick break so you, y'all can hear from some of our sibling Max Fun podcasts. Keep it locked.
1: Myself, but My head head up
0: These are real podcast listeners, not actors.
1: And, uh, hey, thanks
0: for coming. Here's a list of descriptors. What would you choose to describe the perfect podcast? I mean, vulgarity. Dumb.
1: Definitely dumb. And like, uh, right here, this one.
2: Meritless. What if I told you there was a podcast that did have all of that? No. Jordan Jesse Go. And it's free.
0: Jordan, Jordan, Jesse, Jesse,
2: go. Jordan, Jesse, go. Jordan, Jesse, go. A real podcast.
0: It's like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record each episode. I'm sorry,
2: this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Ify, quick! Start flexing! Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: (laughs) Oh man, we are back on Heat Rocks Talking Late Registration with our guest,
0: Cam Ob. Cam, I know you're not originally from Chicago. You grew up in Vegas. Yeah. And you've been in L.A. for the last few years. But Mm -hmm. Chicago is from, as an artist, is where you really came up. Yeah. And I'm wondering, from what you know, Mm -hmm. how is Kanye perceived amongst that community in Chicago? Because I still think of, for whatever reason, I still think of Common, despite all of his work in Hollywood, I still think of him as a shy kid, right? I still think of... Um, other people like Chance is still very much tied to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yes. for whatever reason, and I think a lot of it has to do just do with the the ups and downs of Kanye's celebrity mm-hmm. has overshadowed a lot about just his roots. But I'm wondering, yes. in
3: Chicago, do they still embrace him as
0: one of their own?
3: For me, because like you said, like I'm not from there, it's yeah. like it's hard to say. I don't want to speak for everyone of in course. Chicago, right? But from the one that I'm around, they very much idolize him still. Like. Yeah. I remember going to a session with some Chicago folks out here. Um, It was uh, Raven Linnae, and I was working on her album. But there was a bunch of Chicago people there. Uh, Like Mick Jenkins was there, I remember, and Smino. It was Smino's studio. But Smino's Mm. not from Chicago, from St. Louis, but he's the same thing as me. Right, right. Came up there. Yeah,
0: I associate him with Chicago as well. Yeah, Yeah. me too. And
3: like, so he, like, we were just uh, celebrating, just, you know, chilling. And we were putting on, mu- he, he had put on some music, got some drinks. We were just like, you know, just having fun. And the uh, they were just reminiscing on like old Kanye songs. And like you would have thought everybody in there was from Chicago. Because like it was like so, like it was a Kanye party. Mm. And like mm. in there, and, you know, that party is actually what made me realize I got to do that album. Because I was conflicted between this one and another one. Yeah. But they played that album top to bottom and like everybody was like singing every word it was like mm-hmm. it was so crazy you know and i was just like dang like, like that album like really impacted uh people uh in my generation very much and mm. so that showed me like yeah they still love kanye yeah like very, you know kanye did a song for the mission impossible soundtrack what was that in mission impossible 3 back in the day um and i remember they put that on i had forgot all about it it was around the time this album that came out
1: oh oh five
3: yeah <laughs> I don't remember that at <laughs> yeah, all yeah, yeah the, oh you gotta look it up it was called Impossible okay. with, with Twister get it that's
2: so impossible to get it. get it that's so impossible
0: Real talk, I do not remember this at all. I don't In the least, and I'm a
2: supervisor, uh, music supervisor. But I was I not of... checking
0: for Mission
3: Impossible soundtracks, <laughs> so
1: clearly I slept. I, sh- I should know this, and I feel bad. Yo,
3: so. yo, that was. Oh, I love that song so much. But doesn't it sound kind of like the stuff he was doing? Oh yeah. the college dropout days. Yeah, totally. Right, yeah. Yeah. right.
1: But,
0: so. Yeah. Let's just really get into the tracks here on the sure. okay, okay. And let's start with perhaps a very difficult question for a twenty-one song album, but Come on. Come Cam, on what is the fire track off this album
3: for you? Ooh. You know, when I first heard this album, though there was two that I got stuck on, maybe three. Can I do I have to pick one? Start with what
0: impulsively, what comes to mind first? We we major.
3: major. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
2: We major, we major. Come on, homie, we major I heard the beat and I ain't know what the right First line, should it be about the holes of the ice? Four of black price, both flows would be nice. Rap about
3: big... So that song actually put me on to that drum break that he's using. It's called Orange Crush. Hmm. Crush with a K. And like he um slowed it down, pitched it down. So put me on to that.
1: I just love I love Nause's verse on this and this is one of my
2: favorite moments. The ice? Of black of be nice. about big should I feel Not my favorite like track? track. What is okay,
0: yeah. So what is it then, Morgan?
1: Like you said, man, there's 21 tracks on here. How can I even pick a favorite? Yes, uh, so I'm not going to pick a favorite. Okay, okay. okay? But I'm going to say one of the tracks that I really like is Addiction.
2: Everything they told me not to was exactly what I would. Man, I tried to stop, man. I tried the best I could. But you make me smile. What's your addiction? Is it money? Is it girls? Is it we? I've been afflicted by that one, not two.
1: I just love this song, I love the temple. I just love I love Kanye when he's asking questions of himself and mm. when he's, you know, embodying both sides of the both sides of the the lane. I like yes. when he's just like, ah, I'm this way and this way, but I'm this way on this way And I think he's asking a really important question about addiction, but his own addiction. His own addiction, mm. addiction to material things and people's addictions to hip hop and, and consumerism. And I just love this track. Mm. I love it. I've got five more favorites.
2: Me okay? too. Yeah, me too. I, <laughs> I got five more favorites. <laughs> but
1: uh, but that's that's the one that I that I bump a lot. Yeah. You? Yeah,
3: yeah you.
0: My favorite is still heard him say it was back okay. fifteen years ago. That hasn't changed in the time since. But there's a lot to both of your points. There's a lot on here that I I still love. I think. Certainly, touch the sky. Ooh. In terms of just sheer energy, mm-hmm. yeah. if I had to pick a track off here to bump in the club, that's going to be touch the sky number one right touch there.
3: Gotta
2: testify, come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day I die, I'ma touch the sky. Now let's take 'em high.
3: So. I discovered Move On Up from this song. Yeah. I remember I sampled the snares off the intro of that. It starts off with the... Clap, clap.
1: <laughs>
3: what I loved about this song, like me and my friends, what we loved the most about this song was Lupe's verse, man. Like, you know, analyzing that verse, and I found out that there's like these, there's a lot of Easter eggs in there, but there's, throughout the verse, like he kind of counts down to one... And the theme of the video, you know, the song is kind of like a rocket takeoff. Mm. You know, touch the sky, mm. you see the video, he's in the rocket. So, you know, the countdown, three, two, one, like Lupe's verse, he starts off, guess who's on third? third.
2: Lupe still like looping the third. Here like here till I'm bit on the curb. Peach buzz buzz, but bit on the verge.
3: But I know there's a two in there it has gotta be a two in
2: there He
3: ends up on one At the end I represent the
2: first
3: Another one I really like um, Is Drive Slow yeah oh, wow, pow, wow.
2: You see them screens falling. The disco in my mouth and seeing your way some bowling. I'm leaning on the switch, sitting crooked in my slab. But I could steal catch poppers if I drove a cab. A young Houston hard hitter, all about the scrilla, riding some candy coated crawling like a caterpillar. I'm tipping on the I'm jamming on this group. I'm looking for them whole, baby. What it do? Dry slow.
3: He was really good, I noticed, in his verses. Really good at taking you there.
2: Breaks and dry slow. Me Molly State, sunny ninth mate, one of my best friends from back in the day. Down the street from Calumet, a school full of stones, he nicknamed me K Rock, so they could leave me alone. Bullsjack jacket with his hat, bro. Down the
3: street from Calumet, a school full of stones, he nicknamed me K-Rock, so they could leave me alone. I remember as a kid, when you say K-Rock, I called myself uh Camrocks. <laughs> and like I, I used to always just interject Cam Camrocks on that part. Yeah. when I was single, <laughs> 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 he nicknamed me Cam Rocks. But what grade uh, was this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing with
1: you. I, <laughs> I was like... I was playing with the youths. I was a little
3: kid. I was like 13. But yeah, that, and I remember that line, Bull's jacket with his hat broke way off, uh, walked through the mall with his radio face off, plus he had to spin it from his Dayton's in his hand, keys in his hand, reason again and let you know he's a man. Like, show, like he's a great lyricist in the way that he, like, you know, uses intentionally these these words that bring an image to your head, like bull's jacket, mm. hat broke way off, which is his way of saying it. it was like like leaning right. to the side. Yeah. Um, and Chicago people, when they hear this, because when I was a kid, I didn't even know what 79th and May was. So it wasn't until I went to Chicago um, and I found out what that was and it gave the whole song more meaning for me. You know, mm. I was like, oh, snap, he's, he's talking about right here, you know, like on the south side. And um, so I can imagine... What it must have been like growing up as a kid in Chicago and he's mm-hmm. shouting out, you know, a corner in a, in a, in your neighborhood, you know.
1: We we usually ask this at the beginning, but I don't think we asked this. At the time this came out, what mm-hmm. else were you listening to? We know Kanye was a big influence, but yeah. what were you listening to as a youth growing up in, in, in Las Vegas?
3: Man, I was listening to a lot of stuff. It ranged. So I came up listening to really a lot of things. James Brown mm. from my grandfather's. My mom would be really into Stevie Wonder and um, my big sister, she I had I guess she influenced me the most. She listened to everything from Alanis Morissette set to like Jay Z and DMX. Yeah. And then when I started to come into my own, you know, I started listening to I was really young I was a really young underground hip hop head. Um a lot of stuff. T V show soundtracks, uh anime like one of my favorite was uh Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Yeah, can Bebop. I I listen to that soundtrack religiously. Okay, three, two, one, it's channel. And most importantly, which I almost forgot, was um video game soundtracks. Like video game soundtracks I listen to just as much as I listen to anything else like
0: interesting I feel like that's very generational yeah, yeah
3: it was like video game soundtracks really put me on to music like I wish it was on available on Spotify like um, you know I love the Diddy Kong or the Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy Kong's Quest soundtrack I love the Donkey Kong Country 1 soundtrack I love the Bomberman 64 soundtrack
0: Super Mario 64. Our producer is loving this right now
1: because <laughs> he's a big video game head. So he's just,
0: he's yes. loving this right now. I want to come back to favorite moments because, Cam, I'm going to give you a few minutes to, to stew on what is some of your favorite moments okay. on this. And for me, it, it also, it's my one of my favorite moments comes on one of my favorite tracks, which is the hidden bonus track, Late. Mm. And for a song that you feel like if, if it's meant to be appended at the last minute or you're not really even supposed to notice it, it's like one of the best tracks on here. And I mean, I love the song in general, but that favorite moment part comes because when the song begins with that intro, you're not really sure what you're getting. And then the sample just drops in. (laughs) It just gets me.
1: Shout out to the whatnots, and I'll erase your pain. Yes.
2: My God. Yeah.
3: Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. And surprisingly, West, sorry, I mean, Brian doesn't get a co-producing credit on here, even though the layers and the richness of it would be consistent with yes. it. So shout out to Kanye for just cooking this whole track up. It's, Indeed. It's really one of his best works. So, yeah, yes. anyways, that's one of my favorite moments. can't how about you?
3: Well, to stay on that one for a second. Yeah, please. What I love about that is the... I love the drums mm. and the groove and, like, the pocket of the drums on there. Like, yeah. like I love it still to this day. And, like, the sound of that snare, how you can hear the hi-hat layered on it. It's, like, kind of metallic. But it's so, like, compressed. It, but, yeah, it's just so small. The drums feel so small, but they punch so sharp.
1: talked about gold digger on here did that oh is that yeah. not a favorite oh my gosh
3: you know no one felt this jam it's not that I, it's not that, It's not that it's not a favorite it's uh it's good it's good <laughs>
1: okay okay <laughs> I, listen no judgment here it just it just that was just such a big it was. big single off of here right i just thought it was going to come up from for somebody
3: but i will say it's now around the subject of it that what i love about it is it's like it was a hit you know it was a huge hit
1: and not meant for him this was supposed to be on shauna's album
3: Really? Uh-huh. Dang.
0: I wonder if she would want to take that one back
3: perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> I'm you know, sure. I produced a song with her on it, like, uh, way back in the day, actually. Mm. Before I even went to Chicago for the mm. first time. Yeah. It was a local artist in Vegas who I was working with called Sean Rose. And I did, like, his whole album, and he got her as a feature on one of the songs. Um, but, yeah, shout out to that.
2: This Rose you won't forget. Tonight you gotta live without regrets. Wow. Up, up, never it's comes, oh.
3: But yeah, like um, what I like about it, you know, it's it's what I, it's like. How do I say? It? It's so quirky. Like it's got like a strong theme in it with uh, the the uh, sample. Um, oh, Ray Charles, the Ray Charles sample, yes, yeah. yeah. And like it kind of blends, blurs a line between that original sample and hip
2: hop to me you i know for will see him on tv any given sunday the super Bowl and drive off in a Hyundai. she was supposed
1: I mean, the work is, is the Jamie fox sounded just like ray charles right, right?
0: Yeah, and this is right after ray the, right after yeah. ray so he's yeah. he's Perfect. in there I mean.
2: and i
1: mean I mean, just to start the album, DeRay Davis sounded a lot like Bernie Mac to yes. yes. so the degree that we didn't we thought it was Bernie I Mac. It was Bernie I did too. You know what right. I'm saying? It's yeah. all Chicago, so we like, yo, right. this gotta be, but it but it wasn't because Bernie wasn't available. Yes. Bernie was like, nah.
3: That's crazy. Yeah. yeah.
0: But um, so Cam, to come back to this, yes. Do you have any favorite moments on this?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. And gone. All right. And what's the moment on "Gone"? Ooh, So that part. There's a few. Yeah. Sweet brother Noomsey. Yeah. You know what? I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm with you on
0: that. Which yes. is one of those things where it just seemed like a super random Eddie Murphy, you know, uh. reference to pull out, but it really works in the song for whatever reason. So you guys going to laugh at me. What is that reference? It's from it it's from Eddie Murphy's Golden Child, yeah. which is a film that he made after I think the two first two Beverly Hills cops. Okay. And it was very much like at the peak of Eddie Murphy's 1980s fame. But there's a scene where he's basically pretending to be somebody else to disarm like one of the villains in the film, if I recall, and, uh. and describes them or approaches them as sweet brother Noopsy. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's,
3: that's where that's from. <laughs> I never knew that to until this day.
2: My dear sweet brother Noopsy, <laughs> I can see you busy right now.
3: Come back some other time
0: if you didn't know the reference, then what is it about that that you like so much? Just the way that he enunciates it?
3: Yes, the way he enunciates it, the way he says it, like he, like he's in character when he does his verse and like he, yeah, he just out of nowhere, sweet brother but like, the, I don't know, I just thought that was so funny. Yeah. Like I was like, and it's the first thing that comes to mind when, like, when you were asking me, what's the moment? Yeah, that just jumps out.
2: It just jumps out at me. I was
1: gonna ask for either one of you. Um, I'll review you first, and, and then, and then you can. Is there a favorite? There's so many samples on here. Do you have a favorite sample? Hmm.
0: Well, That's a great one. It's the Whatnots' eraser, <laughs> which is an incredible ballad to come out of that New Jersey Sylvia Robinson Sylvia Robinson know, uh, production nineteen seventies production school and yep and it's not simply that just using the sample but as we were talking about earlier just adding the keys just the whole aspect of how it's produced working with the sample but not just relying on it right I think is is sublime. Right. Yeah.
2: Please stay-
1: We can sample, that. Yes.
3: Yeah. yeah, like playing along with it. It's like literally, totally, yeah, yeah. Instead of on top of it, like you, you kind of go in there, you're playing with them.
1: Is that um, your favorite sample?
3: It's one of them, okay, for sure. But I would say it's uh, we major, like oh, we major, okay. And which uh, I remember meeting DJ Reflex out here in LA, and he told me about where that sample came from. DJ Reflex actually. Um, presented that to Kanye along with the sample for Homecoming, which was made by a friend of Reflexes, by the name of Warren Campbell. Mm. And Warren Campbell actually made made that himself um, from scratch.
1: Prolific producer,
3: mm. prolific gospel producer, mm-hmm. mm. and, and produced
1: a lot for Brandy too.
3: Oh, he did. Oh, that's mm-hmm.
0: that, There you it? go. Um,
1: my favorite, one of my favorites. Well, late without question, but my second favorite is from Celebrations. Celebration is the KG's Heavenly Dream. And Celebration is an otherwise pretty basic song, or scaled-down song, but the sample is what does it for me. Christian, if you could play some of it. (laughs) ¶¶
2: I mean, I promise y'all. I
1: just. Uh, and, and when I first heard this, I thought this was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay. It has that, has that same feel. It's got the same vibe. Yeah. But I just. I love these voices. I love Kanye's obsession with old black folks and old black folks music which makes sense to me because of how he grew up in the time but this is all stuff that if you separated the lyrics and stuff this whole if the if this was a whole track list of just the samples a whole playlist that's that's backyard barbecue Ooh, music yeah, classic a, yeah. classic yeah
3: music. that's a good idea to put it put out all those on the playlist on a playlist
1: just just the samples by themselves would right. be a great playlist
3: right yeah and that part that Christian played. I was just thinking, I was like, damn, I got I to gotta loop that part. <laughs> I could turn that into you in. getting inspired
1: yeah. up in here, young man.
3: Speaking of samples,
0: and we're Dude. actually, I know we're running long, so we probably need to wrap this up pretty soon. But yeah. one song that to me was, for me personally, was kind of a sleeper jam because it's something that I, I wasn't that into the first time I heard it. But going back to it this past week, I realized, I really finally respected just how good this song was. It's the remix for Diamonds um, from Sierra Leone, mm. which was you know, one of the big singles. And, of course, the remix has got Jay on it. And besides the fact that like, they, they make very good use of a Shirley Bassey sure. Diamonds Are Forever sample, mm-hmm. I don't know if Kanye has just a better verse on here. And considering that he brings in Jay, and Jay's basically saying, like, I got it from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But really... Kanye is the one who bodies this right. this, this remix.
3: Mm-hmm. He yeah. really does. Yeah. Good
2: morning. The same Vietnam still. People lose hands, legs, arms for real. Little was known as Sierra Leone. And how it connects to the diamonds we own. When I speak of diamonds in the song, I ain't talking about the ones that be clowned. I'm talking about Rockefeller, my home. My chain. These ain't conflict diamonds. is they Jacob? Don't lie to me, man.
0: Where does this album rank within this catalog for y'all? Because I said before, this is my favorite one. Whether it's his best is more is, is hard because, and I think I've talked about this in one of our three previous Kanye albums. <laughs> He's obviously become a very divisive figure. And I think for better or for worse, it's influenced how I revisit his music. I'm always going to like this the early part of his career because I was less conflicted about him as a personality. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to take away from the quality of the work that he's put out in more recent years so it's hard for me to really figure out where to fit this in except that I know it's got to be for me at least it's certainly top three of his best albums same whether it's his best best mm-hmm. that's where I get kind of stuck because well would I put this you know above Mike Dark Twisted Fantasy would I put it above you know Life of Pablo Jesus I, it's, you know, right it, it gets really yeah. hard but I'm wondering for y'all where would you rank this within that that West catalog
1: definitely in the top in my top five yeah okay I think I was attracted to College Dropout because of Jesus Walks in, and Through the Wire. Okay, so yes. I, I really sure. held on sure. to that because those are flames, okay, both of those. Mm-hmm. But for the things that you talked about at the beginning, just what, what um, John Bryan brought to this, right. to, the, to the soulful nature of this, to the features, this definitely has pushed its way to me ab- above College Dropout to me. Mm. That mm. said, and you're talking to a church girl, <laughs> I love Jesus is King yes. because I... I love the arrangements of it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I Me won't i will judge his spirituality or his decision to go there. But for right. the strict musicality and what he did with those choirs, mm. I love Jesus is King. And in I between see. there, um, I want a few that liked 808s. I think a lot of people had a lot of problems with 808s and heartbreaks. I think when it came yeah. out,
0: because it, it seems yes. so different. Yeah. But I think looking back now, and again, it's not my favorite. Okay. But if you were to argue for the most influential probably top yeah. two. Or oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Cam, I'm super curious about your answer here. Is Do you think this is his best album?
3: You know, for a long time, absolutely, no question, hands down. Yeah. And I'm trying to think. And then Ye came out and you realized, oh, no, Ye's much better.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, I did appreciate what I appreciated about Ye, um, as opposed to a lot of his contemporaries. He was still speaking his heart, still sp- mm-hmm. be- being very vulnerable, talking about his marriage, Mm-hmm. And all these things that are like just wearing is hard on hard on the sleeve still, but um, not my favorite though, <laughs> like yeah. yeah, but I would say, uh, yeah, I think late like, registration it's hard to choose between that and uh beautiful dark twisted fantasy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I think those two are the top two, um, mm-hmm. and then behind those, graduation 808s and heart breaks, and 808s and heart breaks and and is something I revisited later, yep, I admit yeah. like it was hard for me to admit it at first, but. I hated it when it first came out. Like, I think a lot of a people Same. did. I think a lot of people Same.
1: did. It, 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 it took quite a few <laughs> listens. Right. Yeah. How, how did you feel about it when it first came out? I wasn't, wasn't really checking for it?
0: I wasn't into it, but only because it just sounded... What I wanted was the old Kanye loop of the soul Kanye. Yeah, right? yeah. And that album is as diametrically away from that. Yes, it is. But yes. if you think about how many people have worked with that sound in the decades since, since then, and you realize, yes. damn, maybe I wasn't listening to it, but certainly a, a, an entire generation of yep. people listen to them like that's what i want my shit to
1: sound
2: yep like. down, down, I keep so cam
3: can't... if you
0: had to describe late registration in three words what three words would you choose
3: mm, Dang. okay let me think huh Adventure is one. Okay. Um Adventure. Um another one is Whimsical. Yeah. Yeah. And Ghetto. Mm. <laughs> yeah.
2: Drive slow homie.
0: As always, we want to leave our listeners with some recommendations for if you really enjoyed our discussion around late registration, what you should add next to your playlist. Morgan, you want to start us off?
1: Probably low-hanging fruit here, but yeah. I'd say go back to Jay-Z and listen to Blueprint. If mm. You want to hear a lot of the production elements that you fell in love with growing up as a kid in Vegas, and I would say um, a, a real a moment in the development of Kanye's skills, go back and listen to Blueprint.
2: Mm.
0: I was going to recommend people should check out Common's Resurrection, which was another sophomore album from a shytown a town legend. And one that I think in the same way that late registration marked a new direction and a maturation, Resurrection very much, if you compare the the common or really common sense, as he was known back then, Mm -hmm. on Can I Borrow a Dollar, which was his debut album, and compare that with Resurrection, it's like he became an elder statesman overnight. Mm -hmm. And while I don't think Kanye quite made that same maturation, he is just a more, I think, mature uh, artist on late registration compared to his debut uh and it's certainly maybe it's the chicago connection but it's one of the first things i thought of so check out commons resurrection from
2: 1994 scratch i got 6 million ways to bind choose one i stand out like a nigga on a hockey team i got goals and i can like a pop machine i come clean like a venice sob now we rehab stubby style crazy that's right we bad we bad
0: and camp how about you what do you think people should listen to after late registration
3: um guess I'm about to say it. Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Because you were talking about this earlier than the ways yes. in which Pink Floyd was using rock as a tool almost as a genre to explore certain kinds of musical ideas. You mm-hmm. felt like hip, you know Kanye was using hip hop in the same fashion.
3: Yes, absolutely. He was, he created a world that you could enter and you can like, you can experience and it's palpable. You can see characters and yeah. And he was saying something he was commenting on you know the human experience right. but also just life around us mm. um and so is Pink Floyd with yeah. their with their album and they like yeah it's like a monumental f- feat of like musical storytelling and recorded pop music
2: a donkey.
1: Well, that'll do it for this episode of Heat Rocks with our special guest Cam. we we'll be talking about Kanye's late registration, all twenty-one tracks featured on us. Um, tell us what you're up to and where folks can find you.
3: Right now, I'm working on my uh, solo album. Yeah, debut um, debut as an artist in general. From being a producer, much like Kanye. Yeah. And you can find me, oh, the album's called Grown Ass Kid, by the way. Mm-hmm. Hope I can say the middle word. You can say that. This <laughs> um, is not radio, this is podcasting.
0: Listen.
1: Okay. Just stay spiritual, though. Stay spiritual, here. though, yeah. Stay spiritual in
0: here. Yes, it's very <laughs> much. Yes, yes. What are you hoping to have that out by? Um, end of this year. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Later in 2020.
3: Yeah, later in 2020. But yeah. in the meantime, I'm going to be releasing uh, singles, uh, a lot of them. Cool. Yeah, all throughout the year.
0: And where can people find
3: you? You can find me in St. Louis, or do no. No, you can find me um, on Instagram, uh, Cam Obi at Cam Obi on Twitter. At Cam Obie. you know, but those are just the digital versions of me, but my actual self is moving around in LA right yeah, now. Very good. <laughs> Thanks so
0: much for coming through. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Heat Rocks with me, Oliver Wong, and Morgan Rhodes.
1: Our theme music is Crown Ones by Thess One of People Under the Stairs. Shout out to Thess for the hookup.
0: Heat Rocks is produced by myself and Morgan, alongside Christian Duenas, who also edits, engineers, and does the booking for our shows.
1: Our senior producer is Laura Swisher, and our executive producer is Jesse Ford.
0: We are part of the Maximum Fun family, taping every week live in their studios in the Westlake neighborhood of Los Angeles.